The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. You ever noticed how hard it is to live fully awake and how easy it is to just kind of go through life half awake? I mean, many of us just kind of go through the motions like we're sleepwalking. Like we're living half in a daydream, half awake, and especially uh, after the holidays, right? Like probably some of you are feeling that right now. Maybe you stayed up too late and you ate too much. And so you're being lulled into lethargy and it's easy just to kind of like in every moment, you're just like, it's a new year. And you're thinking, man, I, I, I gained 10 pounds over the holidays and, but I'm so half awake, I don't even have the energy to get motivated to set a resolution to exercise. And you're kind of still like working through the stuffing and the turkey or the ham or whatever it is you eat during the holidays. And as a result, you find how easy it is to just kind of settle in. In fact, right now, um, some of you, you're watching this on video. You're at one of our campuses, and I appreciate you each joining us. Those of you guys at Chambersburg and our cinemas, some of you are watching at Wilson. And uh, right now, you're, you've, maybe you've seen video before and so you're settling in. Others of you, you're, you're right here with me and you're just kind of like settling in. I mean, this is a sermon. And so you've been here before. You've done this before. And right now, you're kind of kicking into what biology refers to as equilibrium, meaning you kind of settle into what is normal. And I try to make that as hard as possible for you. I really do. But I still find that some of you find it a little too easy to settle in and to zone out. And some of you, you're, you're, you got your coffee in one hand, it's not working yet. And you got your Cheez-Its. And, uh, and you're just kind of like relaxed and you're kind of starting to zone out a little bit. And I, I had a roommate in college, um, he's gonna remain uh, nameless, Matt. And <laughs> he was a horrible roommate, no, I'm kidding. Uh, no, he, he had an inability to wake up when his alarm clock went off. And so what he did, what he decided to do is he had missed several classes. Like first thing in the morning, he just kept missing class because he would, he would set his alarm clock for like four in the morning, but then just not ever get up. He would just keep hitting snooze. And so, and by the way, it was him. And then there was two others of us in this small room. We were ready to, I mean, we were ready to really beat this guy. And, and so what he did, he had a brilliant idea. He decided to put his alarm clock into a lunchbox cooler with the lid on it. And then that means at four o'clock in the morning, he'd have to open the lunchbox, hit the snooze button, put the lid back on, close it up. So literally every 10 minutes we would hear, you know, while the alarm, and he would hit it. I mean, oh. My freshman year of college, I got no sleep simply because of Matt. And, um, and so my other roommate, Jared, he thought it would be really funny to uh, record the alarm clock on his sound system and then blare it at the exact same time it would normally go off so that Matt would open up the cooler and then just start beating his alarm clock to turn it off. And he couldn't get it off. And it just kept playing and playing and playing. It was hysterical. We, we really got a kick out of it. Uh, and and I, we were hoping he would bludgeon his alarm clock to death like we, never mind. <laughs> 
Anyway, maybe you feel like my roommate and you just find it very difficult to fully wake up. I mean, you need something to alarm you, to, to, to wake you up, to, to catch your attention. Maybe right now you find it like there's something in your life. You just need to kind of jar you awake and get your attention and... Very cute. Some of you are like, wait, is that my phone? I, I can see it. You all, thought, you all thought that we got a presidential alert on our phones. We're all pulling it out, checking it. Um, here, here's, here's the thing, right? We, there are moments in life when we need to be, we need an alarm to alert us, to stop living sleepwalking, to become fully alert and fully awakened to what life has to offer us. And I want to bring you back into an ancient time when an entire nation was living half asleep. 586 BC, the world power of the time, Babylon, had marched on the nation of Judah. It was, the, it was what was left of the nation of Israel after Assyria had wiped it out. And so they marched on the city of Jerusalem. This is where the temple was and they conquered it. And what they did was they took the elite, the educated, the powerful, the wealthy, and they marched them off in the first wave of exiles. And the idea was to remove anyone that could lead a rebellion against Babylon. And so they marched them to their capital where they began to put them through uh, basically reorientation, reindoctrination camps, where they got trained and educated in the language, the literature, and the religion of Babylon. And, and so, I mean, just to put this in context, this is like everyone's worst nightmare. And, and I mean, imagine our greatest enemies marching against our country, conquering us, and then taking our people to another country, back to their country, and then forcing us into camps where they force us to relearn everything we know about the world. Learn a new language, learn and memorize new literature, a new way of speaking, and new religion. And force them to conform, bully them on the threat of death to do life their way. And, and so imagine a people living in exile where they, they're just trying to survive. They, they've, they've seen the devastation of their nation, their capital city, Jerusalem, and their temple devastated. And now they're living in a place they don't belong, doing things they don't really believe it that they should be doing, We're being forced to worship gods that they don't believe even exist. And in that group, there's a guy who was taken exile with them. He was, he was a man of God. At least he was supposed to be a man of God. His name was Ezekiel. And uh, later in life, he writes a book about his sermons. And we have that book in the Bible, but it's in the context of this chapter in history. Where he, here's how you and I can relate to these people. Because when you live life half asleep, you're very much like the people living in exile. And here's a few things that they felt that we would feel. You feel out of place because you don't know where you belong because you're just surviving. You're just getting by. 
Um, you don't feel fully present because you're, you're not where you belong. So maybe you relate to this because you've had moments, maybe a lot of moments, when you're going through life, living in the third person, like you should be fully enjoying this moment. Maybe it was the holidays for you. You should be fully enjoying it, and yet you feel like you're watching yourself live. You're exhausted, frustrated, worked out, you know, overworked, stressed out, and so you're just sitting there watching everything happen. Even though this should be a good moment, and you live life in the third person. You're not fully present in the most important moments of life. You feel lost. You, you feel disoriented, uncertain, confused about decisions you're supposed to make or the direction you're supposed to go. And that leads to another challenge of living half awake or half asleep, whatever. I'm not sure if it's that cup, half full, half empty, whatever. But you, you feel like life has no meaning no purpose, no direction. I mean, imagine a people in exile. I mean, why are they there? What are they supposed to be doing? How are they supposed to be living? And you and I, when we live half asleep, we, we, we find ourselves with little direction, little sense of where are we going in life? And maybe right now you came into 2019 or, and, and, and you're, you're a little uncertain. You're not quite sure what the meaning of life is. Maybe you're carrying a, a, a deeper sense of emptiness quite sure what your place is in this world, where you fit, where you belong. Maybe you're living in the third person, not fully present for the most important moments of your life. Maybe you feel a little bit lost, a little bit lacking in purpose and meaning. You could certainly relate to these people in exile. And Ezekiel, when he writes out this book, he captures the moment when God first gets his attention because he was living just like they were. And so I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna read it to you. Check this out. This is literally how the entire book opens. He writes this. In my 13th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, so this is interesting because he's super specific. Now I have no idea what, I mean, I could, I could tell you. But the point is, he's telling you that it's several years into the exile. They've been living like this for quite a while. Maybe you can relate to that. We've been living like this for quite a while. He says, while I was among the exiles, meaning we were all there, out of place, no sense of purpose, feeling lost, not fully present. I was with the exiles by the Kabar River. And the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. What? He, this is the moment. He, he opens the book with this, like here I was, out of place, no sense of direction, not fully present, lost and aimless, and suddenly while I was living half asleep, God like woke me up, got my attention, and then while I was fully awake, God began to give me visions. Like not just a daydream, but I'm talking like a shocking, alarming, wake you up after you're awake kind of vision, maybe a better way to describe it. You're sleeping and parents are gonna get this more than anyone. You hear a, a, a startling sound and it, it scares you awake and now you're alert, but then you hear it again and you go from being alert to being horrified. And now you're like, now what am I gonna do? Right, And that's this vision that Ezekiel has. It, God wakes him up, but then he begins to have a vision that is so alarming that his heart starts racing and his blood is pumping. He, here, here's the, I mean, this is the very next verse. This is what he says. 
I looked. So this is his vision. He's totally awake. And he says, here's the vision I see. I looked and I, I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing. I just lost my place here. Flashing lightning. Some of you are going to read it with me. And surrounded by brilliant light. And the center of the fire looked like glowing metal. And in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. Check this out. It's unbelievable. Ezekiel, he's awakened, fully awakened, meaning he's just been going through life like in a comatose state and he's just kind of surviving and not, not really sure who he is and where he belongs and lost. And God wakes him up, gives him this vision. And what he sees in this vision is something so alarming that it shocks him. And what he sees is a vision of who God is. This, what we just read, I mean, I know you didn't see it, but Ezekiel saw it. He had a vision of God the nature of God. And it was, it was so overwhelming and brilliant that it was almost horrifying. And in the vision, what, I'm gonna skip over this, but basically he sees this thing that's like four living creatures. It's a, it's a man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. And, and, it, and it catches him off guard. It, it's, and then he sees what's like a living, seeing gyroscope. And again, these are different ways that he didn't know how to put it into writing. He's trying to describe, when I met God, I had this vision of God, it shocked me, horrified me. I met God in a way that woke me up and transformed the way I began to live, even in exile. And so he concludes the opening of this vision with this kind of brief description. He said that the brilliant light surrounded him like the appearance of a rainbow and he's describing God. He said that the brilliant light was surrounding this image of God. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds of a, on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. It, I, I saw this living creature gyroscope and, and around this picture of God was this brilliant rainbow, like something refreshing after a rainy day. And, here was my response. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell face down. It, it woke him up, got him fully alert. It was this horrifying, shocking, startling vision. And, and, and Ezekiel was so overwhelmed that he just gets on his knees and he falls face down in worship, trembling and shaking. And the point is that we were not meant to live just surviving, but thriving. We were not meant to go through life sleepwalking or half awake or half asleep. Not sure which one I'm gonna settle on here, but the point is this, we were meant to come alive to be fully alive. Imagine for you what it would look like for you to live in 2019 fully alive, fully awake. And so my challenge, just I'm gonna, I'm gonna lean in and borrow from Ezekiel and we're gonna learn some principles from Ezekiel during this series, but as we kick off this new year, here's what I wanna catch your attention with. We come alive when we are fully awakened to knowing God. I, I know that you think that's what I'm supposed to say. I'm a pastor, we're in a church, at one of our campuses, you're watching online and you think, yeah, that's what you're supposed to say. But so let me say it, not what I'm supposed to say, but because it's true. 
Look, we become alive, truly alive, when we become fully awakened to knowing God, which means without knowing God, we are never fully awake, which means we never truly come alive. We just sleepwalk. And the nation of Israel was living, were living like zombies. Alive, well, maybe more like undead. Existing, surviving, but not really embracing all that life was meant to be. And for you and I, there's actually something inside of us, a sinister force that is sabotaging our life living fully alive. Believe it or not, there is an intelligent evil at work in the world around us that conspires with a life-sabotaging force that exists in us, and those two things work together to steal life from us. That sounded like some conspiracy theory, so let me say that again. What I mean is there is a real intelligent evil, let's call him the devil, and his demons, and all of the realm of evil that that is able to tap into an existing force that lives inside of you. Biblical authors in Jesus refer to that as sin. Sin inside of us sabotages our life. It lulls us into lethargy so that we just exist. We, it steals our life. Sin, this life-sabotaging force, tricks us into believing that what would destroy us feels good. And so we give in to those desires and urges and we begin to live a life of survival, but worse than survival, a life headed toward ruin. And the end result of sin is that it leads toward an eternal destruction where we live separated from God in eternal judgment. And this is where this vision becomes so powerful because what, what Ezekiel sees is his life and a nation living headed toward destruction, lulled to sleep by a sinister force called sin, partnered and conspiring with an intelligent evil that has tricked them into believing that survival is good enough and just existing is enough and just going through the motions and going to work and just getting through relationships is enough. Meanwhile, we're missing out on what is best and what is blessed in our lives. This is not the way we were meant to live and this is not who we were meant to be. And so what Ezekiel sees is a picture. And I, I, just, I, I gave it to you briefly. I said he sees this vision of God, which is the nature of God. And in that vision, he, he sees something like a spinning, living gyroscope that sees everything, which is supposed to be a portrait of a God who is everywhere, sees everything, and is fully present in our lives. And in that vision of God, he sees God as a man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle, which that doesn't sound like anything. Well, let me walk you through that real quick. What it meant to Ezekiel was this. God, man, is deeply compassionate, deeply knowable, and personal. He cares about us. That's the nature of God as being a man. He's a lion. He is divine. He is powerful, filled with authority, an ox. They would offer oxes as a sacrifice for sin. And so he's saying God is also a, and an ox would be used to plow fields. God is a servant who comes to offer himself as a sacrifice for sin. And he's an eagle 
He, he rules over. He soars over. He's transcendent over life. And so let's put that in a picture. In a way that Ezekiel could never fully understand, because Jesus had not yet come yet, he was seeing a picture of the future when God would come as a man, full of compassion and love, will become fully present in our lives, but filled with the greatest power and divinity possible in order to become a servant who would offer his life as a sacrifice for our sin. So that when Jesus died, he died as the sacrifice his death, the death we deserved, absorbing our eternal punishment, so that Jesus took on himself our death, our shame, our judgment. That conspiring, intelligent evil took out its full blow of hate on Jesus so that he absorbed our penalty for sin. But because Jesus was also fully God, he was able to rise again from the dead, victorious and triumphant over sin, over death, and over eternal judgment, where he now lives and soars, transcendent above able to offer us a new kind of life, a life where we truly come alive because we are fully awakened in knowing God. God was not meant, he never desired to be distant, even though the nation of Israel living in exile in Babylon felt like, God, where are you? They felt like God was at best distant and silent and at worst absent or non-existent at all. But in Ezekiel's vision, he discovers that God's presence shakes us awake, that he is very much alive. God is very much present and he is coming. When, when, when Ezekiel wrote this out and people in his time read it, the picture they would have had would be like a great warrior marching to, towards you, where you like, like if you've seen like, uh, you know, kind of like epic war movies or like maybe you've seen like these like superhero movies where you hear them coming, like they're marching. That, that's what, you want me to do that again? Right? What Ezekiel is describing is a God who is restless, a God who is awake, a God who is coming, a God who is approaching you. And as he approaches, the thundering of his footsteps wakes you up, sets your heart racing, gives your life purpose and meaning, gives your life life. He sets everything in motion. In essence, God's presence causes us to come fully alive because he causes us to be fully awakened. So let me reiterate the point. We are most alive when we become fully awakened by knowing God. So let me give you a couple quick ways, meaning I'm gonna give you some bullet points here on how you can become fully awakened to knowing God, which then gives you true life. Here it is, let's go back and we're gonna read a couple verses. And each time I'm gonna unpack this verse and hopefully give you a couple ideas and thoughts here. Here it is, he said to me, so this is the next chapter we're diving into. He, so remember, he fell face down after he sees this vision. And he said to me, son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. And the point of this is we, we become fully present in God's presence. Make a note of that. Maybe you've been living in the third person. 
Maybe you feel out of place, unsure where you belong. You and I become fully present in God's presence. Not just when you're in church or when you're in a moment of worship, but when you discover God's presence, he speaks to us, his spirit enters us, and we stand on our feet and we become fully alert, fully ready for the life that God intended us to experience. If you and I, we look at our life and we realize I've been missing out, maybe for some of you, because of life controlling habits, because of addictions, because of an anger issue, because of your uh, out of control emotions, because of a, uh, something going on in your thinking or something going on in your emotions. And they have, those issues have sabotaged the best moments and the best years of your life. Here's what I want you to know, that you become fully present in God's presence. When you encounter God and you discover God, you discover life in a way that you could have otherwise never experienced. It's as if you were living in two dimensions and for the first time you discover life in 4D because you're in God's presence. God, God becomes your fuel because you've experienced God through faith in Jesus Christ, you believe in Jesus, he forgives you of sin, he removes guilt and shame, he lifts you out of the third person to becoming fully present, and now you discover that in God's presence you are fueled for the life you were meant to live. Not only is God your fuel, but God becomes your focus. I know that I am fully present when I am focusing my life on living for God and living with God and living in God's presence. And when God is my fuel and God is my focus, then he fills me with his purpose. I want to do what God has given me to do because he is my life, he is my source, and because God is my life, he's my fuel, my focus, then I wanna be about what God has told me to be about. And when I'm doing what God has told me to do, I am filled with purpose, meaning, significance. No longer do I go through life just existing, feeling empty, wondering why I'm here. Now, because I have met God and I'm living in God's presence, I now can live fueled, focused, and filled with purpose and meaning and significance, which then allows me to discover this. I wanna to jump to the second part here, which is we are fully awakened to God's voice. See, what God does is God uses his voice to wake Ezekiel up, then he reveals his voice to Ezekiel. He wakes him up with his voice, and then he, he uses his voice to teach and guide Ezekiel. Here's the deal. For you and I, we, we live life lost when we go through life half asleep. And Ezekiel, because God wakes him up, and, God, and he's, he, he's, he wakes him up in order to rise him up, but then when he rises him up to his feet, he then speaks to him. And when he speaks to him, he becomes fully awakened to actually hear and discover and understand God's voice. What does that mean in your life and my life? If I'm gonna be focused and fueled by God's presence, I'm gonna have to spend time in private relationship with God. How do you stay in God's presence? Well, that means on a daily basis, I need to have a habit of getting alone with God, spending time in prayer. But don't just go through the motions, please hear me. Some of you, you, you grew up in a tradition where you memorize certain prayers. Uh, maybe, maybe you memorized a, an Our Father prayer, which is a wonderful prayer. Our Father, who's in heaven, 
holy or hallowed be your name. But the point is not to recite a prayer. The point is to have authentic, bold, honest, vulnerable conversation with God, where we both share our deepest struggles, our greatest needs, the prayers for others, as well as taking time to allow God to impress himself on us. Would you develop a habit this year of on a daily basis, getting alone and being awakened to hearing the voice of God, discovering God's presence. And then let's jump back in and let's read another quick verse. And he said to me, son of man, so this is chapter three. He stands him up, he speaks to him. He said, he, said, he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you, eat this scroll. And he gives him a little book. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. And the point was this. Uh, well, let me finish reading here. Then he said to me, son of man, eat the scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. And then actually the part I didn't read, but he says, but then it turned my stomach sour. The point is this, we are most filled by God's word. When you feel empty, when you feel directionless, when you're struggling with making decisions this year, I want you to remember this point. We are most filled by God's word. God wants us to get to the habit, a rhythm, of not just hearing his voice, but studying his word. And so he gives Ezekiel this picture of eating the scroll. And the idea is that you, you consume God's word. And when you consume something, it comes into you and you become what you eat, right? Some of you, you eat poorly and you feel bad. That's kind of why you're serving some lethargy right now after the holidays, right? Um, you ate lots of junk food and now you're like, oh, I don't feel like getting out of bed. Um, thank you for being present here. The point is this, I need to get into the habit, the discipline of eating God's word, consuming it, letting it make me something new. And as I'm filled with it, then it, it spills out of me, right? What fills, spills. And so I want you to discover that you are most filled by God's word. And so would you commit to a habit of reading the word of God? You, you have easy access to the Bible. I'll just tell you for me personally, I, I downloaded the YouVersion app and every year I try to go through and read the Bible in its entirety once a year. Right now, personally, I'm going through the New Testament in 40 days, and that might sound like a lot. Look, I go out on long jogs because I'm training for a marathon, and so I just put my earbuds in and I listen to the Bible. Uh, maybe you want to start listening. Maybe you want to start reading. Maybe you want to start memorizing. Maybe you want to meditate on a verse. Maybe just commit to reading through the, the, the Gospel of John this year. The point is, begin a habit of, of consuming God's word so that it fills you. And you'll discover that no matter what happens in your life, you are most satisfied and most filled when you're filling yourself with God's word. So let me, let me walk through this again. Look, you and I, we could, we could go through life half asleep, like, like zombies existing 
surviving, but not living the way we were meant to live, fully awakened in order to live fully alive. But God wants to wake us up, even if you're not where you thought you would be, even if life hasn't gone the way you thought it would go, I assure you that there is more to life and there's more that God wants to do in you and through you than you could possibly imagine. But that's gonna require you to become alive by becoming fully awakened to knowing God. And the way you wake up to knowing God is you have to become fully present in God's presence. You have to discover and begin to hear the voice of God and then be filled with God's word. And so I wanna do is this. I, my hope is that every one of you discover what is best and blessed for your life in 2019. Let me say that again. I want you to discover what is best and blessed for your life in 2019. But that's only gonna happen when you, become, when you come alive by becoming fully awake to God's presence. And so would you make a commitment right now? Would you commit to knowing God this year? Maybe some of you, you're starting out the year, you're far away from God and you're gonna take a step toward God. You're gonna make a commitment toward allowing God to forgive you of sin and give you new life. You're gonna take a step toward just believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For others of you, believe in Jesus. And so your step is, God, I wanna become fully present by getting into your presence, by spending time in worship. Maybe for you that means coming to church more regularly or maybe you're online and you're gonna take a step by actually coming out to a community of faith and gathering and worship. Nothing wrong with joining us online. We love that all across the world you're joining us, but maybe for you, you need to get into a group or maybe you need to take a step of faith and begin to pray, commit to on a, on a regular basis, spending time alone with God in prayer. Maybe for you, you just start by saying, I'm gonna to commit to praying on a daily basis for five minutes. M maybe you pray for five minutes. You say, I'm gonna take time. I'm gonna spend 15 minutes in prayer. Others of you, you haven't gotten to the habit of reading God's word. And this year you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna be filled with God's word. And so you're gonna make a commitment to reading the word of God this year. Would you allow me? I just wanna take a moment. I wanna pray over you right now. I'm believing that this is gonna be your best year yet because you're gonna take a step into becoming fully alive by experiencing what is best and blessed because you were fully awakened to knowing God. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us so much. Thank you that you are not far away from us, but God, that you, you came near, that you, are, you, because of who you are, you are on the move. You are a restless God who is waking us up and waking us up in a shocking, alarming, and surprising way. And when we wake up, we discover you in a way we, that, that is awesome. And God, right now, we just breathe a prayer. God, I wanna know you. I wanna know you more in 2019. And so God, help us to take a step into your presence on a daily basis. Take a step into praying, taking a step into studying your word. God, I pray that every person that hears this message, every person that is part of LifeHouse, that they they become fully awakened to what is best and blessed in 2019. We ask this now in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from LifeHouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.